God is good to us. He's better to us than we've been to ourselves. Amen. He's better to us than we've been to Him. Amen. Amen. Might as well tell the truth, right? Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 20, starting with verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. He maketh intercessions. You know, it's the thing about praying in the Spirit, because we're talking about praying in tongues tonight. You know, when you're praying in Spirit, you, you're praying the perfect will of God. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. I say, well, how do you know that, preacher? Because the Holy Spirit inside you is the one doing the praying. Amen? And the Holy Spirit inside of you will always line up with God's Word. The Holy Spirit inside of you will never, never pray a selfish prayer. It will always line up with the Word of God. It will always please the Father. Amen? It will never disappoint the Lord. It will never disappoint the Father. And it will always be for your good. Amen. It's going to be the perfect will of God. You see, the problem with us praying in our own understanding is we can become very selfish. Amen. And we start praying about our, our needs and what we want, and we don't know what's going on. You know? Because all we see is our world. All we hear is our world. And we don't realize that there's things going on beyond our world. Amen? Beyond our world. Uh, there's been many testimonies of, of people getting woke up early in the morning at 3 a.m. and said they just had a burden to pray. And they began to pray in the Spirit. And, and we didn't know what they were praying about. They just felt such a burden to pray. And so they just cried out to God and prayed in the Spirit. And, and then the very next day they hear about some tragic thing happened at the exact same time. Somebody in the family, uh, you know, was about to be in a car wreck or somebody, was, somebody had a heart attack at the exact time and, and they needed divine prayer. Well, see, the Holy Spirit knows those things. You and I don't know those things, but the Holy Spirit knows those things. And so, you know, there's times the Lord's looking for an intercessor and, and praying in the Spirit ain't always about you. Sometimes it's intercession for somebody else. And so... Praying in the Spirit, you will always, just rest assured, if you pray in the Spirit, you're going to be praying the perfect will of God. Amen. Always. Because that's what, because the Holy Spirit is perfect. Amen. And let's go back over that in verse 26. It's likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know. We don't know with our own mind and our own understanding of what and how we should pray. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. I tell you something that's been on me for the past, I don't know, I guess six months. Is uh, I begin to realize that sometimes, sometimes we're asking God to remove conviction off people when God's not done with the conviction. Amen. Come on. And sometimes we're asking God to change something in somebody's life. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. And God's trying to do something else in their life to get their attention and wake them up. You see? 
Sometimes the Lord, you know, can all of us remember the good old fashioned days when we got spankings from our parents? Amen. They don't do that stuff no more, I understand. They don't spank kids no more, but I, I was spanked with you. You know, sometimes the Lord wants to spank somebody. There is a spiritual spanking from the Lord. He will bring a correction. And sometimes I think us church folks, we too quick to say, Lord bless them. Lord bless them. Lord, Lord, do this. Lord, do that. I tell you, I, I've, I've kind of pulled back now and I said, Lord, perform your word. Perform your word in their life. You see, because I don't know all the details. You know something I've learned? People don't tell the pastor all the details. And they'll tell you their version, but not the whole version. You see what I'm saying? And so, but the Lord knows everything. So I've learned to pull back, Lord, you just have your way. Lord, you just perform your word. Amen. I learned to step back. Don't get in God's way. Let God be God. Amen. And just let that be. So that, this is so important when it says we don't know what or how we should pray. How or what we should pray. And then when you're praying in the Spirit and you're speaking in tongues, it ain't always about you. Sometimes it's simply an intercession. It's intercession. And so we need to be, uh, it's like Angel was talking about in, in the last message that she talked about the mantle of intercession. The mantle, we need to be praying for other people. Amen. Amen. And sometimes the Lord will just bring somebody to my mind and I'll be praying for them. I may not know why. I may not know what's, what's going on in their life. You know what? And it's okay, I don't know. You know, I've also learned as pastor, I don't need to know everything in everybody's life. I'm not going to be Mr. Know-it-all or nosy, nosy know-it-all. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm not going to call you on the phone. Well, I ain't heard from you this week. There ain't been no tragedy in your life. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm just calling to check on you because you ain't called me crying about such, such and such. And such. I just want to make sure you're still okay. No. Amen? I, that, that's, that's getting a little bit too nosy. I'm not going to be nosy. Amen? But I will be there to pray with you when you need prayer. But you know, the Holy Spirit always knows everything. He knows things that you don't know. He knows what's going on behind the scenes in your own life and you have no idea. Amen? How many times have we been on the edge of a miracle and prayed God out of it? Come on. Because we wanted God... You know, the problem with us humans is we want God to do things our way. We want to go to God in prayer and then we want to tell God how to fix it. I know I'm not the only one. Come on. We want to tell God, this is, God, here's a good plan for you. If you'll just follow these instructions, God, I think you'll, you'll be able to solve this problem for me. Isn't that basically what we do? Instead of just going and giving it to God, rolling all your care over on the, and then walking away from it. Walk away from it. Amen. So that's why Romans chapter 6 and verse 27 is so important. But we said tonight that we, and we're going to do that before we move on to any other scriptures. Um, questions. This is a night of, of questionings and, and seeing if we can find some answers. I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I know all the answers because I do not know all the answers. You might ask me a question, I might look at you with like a deer in the headlight and say, honey, I just don't have an answer for that one yet. But we'll pray about it. And we'll seek those scriptures and see if we can find it. Another, or Brother Wayne might jump up and say, well, preacher, I got that one. You may not have that one. I got that. I know how to answer that. And that's okay, too, if Brother Wayne does that or Brother Danny answers it. Amen. 
So has anybody got any questions that, that you've been thinking about for the past couple of weeks that you want to ask about the Holy Spirit? Don't always know what you're praying about, but you know there's something, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty much the way it happens to a lot of us. You know, somebody's my name will come to me. You ever had some, you ain't thought about such and somebody in 20 years, and all of a sudden, you know? I begin to realize those moments when I hadn't thought about somebody in a long, long time, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking about them. Let me just take time to pray. There might be a reason the Lord's bringing it back to your memory. I'll often be going through the store, and I'm just giving you an example of how the Holy Spirit moves. And I'll be thinking on the Holy Spirit, kind of talking with Him. Uh, and all of a sudden, somebody I'll be walking by somebody, and I'll, go, and I'll just put my hand out. So, <coughs> the Spirit, I'm praying the Holy Spirit because it was brought to me. There was something brought to me about them that I needed to pray about. I didn't know what it was, so right. the Spirit, I'm praying to them. Amen. Lord, have your will in their lives. Whatever needs to be done, I'm, I'm assuming that's what the Holy Spirit is saying now. Amen. But just give me kind of an example. How many, how many of us today can identify with that example that Brother Mark's talking about? You, you've been there. I'm thinking something before, and it'd be like well, somebody in Germany. You know, I didn't know what I was saying. Yeah. And I knew another yeah. language. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it could be German. Absolutely. You could have been praying in German. And even though. Somebody else that would not have been tongues because maybe they understand German, yeah. but to you who's never learned it, yeah. that's tongues, that's an unknown language. Yeah. You know, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. You go back and read Pentecost, I think there was like 120 different languages recorded right there that people said, We hear, we hear these people um, speaking the great things of God in our native tongue. That's what they said in that book in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. And, they, and then they, how can this be? These people are from Galilee. They, they recognize these people were not from their native country. How could they speak these languages in my, in my dialect about the things of God? They were preaching to them. Amen. And, and I've heard, it's never happened to me, but I've heard of other preachers. Uh, Kenneth Hagin was one of them. talked about how he gave the message out in tongues and he waited for the interpretation like, like Corinthians said, but there was no interpretation. He didn't have one. Nobody else in the church interpreted so he, he said, he didn't know what to do, so he went back to preaching. He said, but at the end of the service, he said, this little lady came up to him speaking this strange language. And just kept on talking to him, and he stopped her. He said, honey, do you speak English? She, he said, I don't understand what you're saying. Do you speak? And she stepped back and said, how could you not understand me? You spoke in my language for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And he said, honey, he said, whatever it was I said, it must have been just for you because nobody else here speaks that language. And he said, I didn't have an interpretation. He said, so whatever you heard, that was straight from God. And there's been many testimonies like that. Amen, many testimonies. And I do believe that we do speak languages on earth, but I also believe we speak angelic language. I believe we speak languages that God just, you know, how many languages does God have? Who knows? Who knows? 
Amen. 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 Sure did, didn't he? All the languages came out of God, didn't he? Yeah. That's how he brought that confusion to them and made them stop doing what they were doing. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, since you mentioned uh, uh, Brother Coker, um, now, that means that, uh, and I'm just bringing up thoughts, but that means that an interpretation may not always come. Interpretation may not always come. Yeah. Mm -mm. That doesn't mean that was wrong. Uh, it doesn't mean that person was out of line, but sometimes it just, like you, like you had said, unless it comes forward, somewhere it's going to come to pass. That's right. That's right. Now, now, Paul tells us in the Word, he said, when you come together, you know, have a song, have a hymn, have a scripture, have a testimony. He said, if, you know, if you're going to prophesy, let, let two or three speak right. in tongues and let another interpret, you know. And then he said, if there be no interpretation, he said, then remain silent. We're going to get to that scripture. I got to put it down tonight. Yeah. So that tells you right there that no, there's not always interpretation. And there's a reason for that, too. Um, but what about if somebody spoke in tongues and Sister Bonnie got up and she interpreted <coughs> and she, she spoke whatever she, she believed in her heart and her soul that God was saying through those tongues that somebody spoke? And then Sister Elaine, she got up and spoke after Bonnie under the same the same tongue now. Like now Elaine's given a different word. Is it is it is it all one word? Is it all coming from one place? Well, Absolutely. It says two or three, something like that. And let they let they let him interpret it. Amen. But I'll tell you the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. What was what is that? Uh, I believe the Bible doesn't mention like where it's let two or three interpret. Yeah. Does it not? It, let's let's go no, ahead and go. Not what it says. Let's go ahead and turn there. Let's go to First Corinthians. That's in, it's in Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. I already had it marked in, in here for tonight. Just, we're just kind of jumping ahead to it. In First Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse twenty-seven. It says, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three. Now notice that Paul's kind of putting a limit on it too. In other words, don't have 15 people all jump up and start speaking in tongues. Right? Now he gave these instructions to the Corinthian church because they were some serious tongue talkers in the church during that day. And they, were, they had so many tongue talking going on that there was bringing confusion to the congregation and they couldn't get no interpretations in and all this. So Paul was bringing some correction here. And so, if any man speaks in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or most by three, and that by course, and then let one interpret. Let one interpret. Okay? In verse 28, And if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak unto himself and to God. Listen to this. Verse 29, let the prophets speak two or three, and let the others judge. Now, we're talking about the prophets speaking about two or three. He's actually talking about speaking in a known language that you do understand, and you're giving them prophecy, and let others judge. In verse 30, If any man think to reveal to another that sits by him, let the first one hold his peace. So if the Holy Spirit gives you something, Paul is saying, hold on a minute. Don't be the first one to jump up. That's what Paul's saying. Hold, you, hold on a minute. Hold your peace. Okay? Now look at verse 31. 
For ye may all prophesy one by one. Let me ask you this. Does the Holy Spirit ever interrupt Himself? You look, do you interrupt yourself? Do, is anybody here, maybe you have a special gift I've not, I've not seen. You're talking and then you interrupt yourself. No. So does the Holy Spirit interrupt Himself? Thank you. So what Paul was telling us here, it holds your peace. Let this one get done first. And then when that one's done, then you've got an opportunity to speak. Hold your peace, okay? Now look at verse 32. This is so important. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophet. Look at what it's saying. The spirits of the prophet is subject to the prophet. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all the churches of the saints. So God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. All right. So he's telling us, okay, you feel the Holy Spirit moving and all of a sudden you're getting ready to jump up. But Sister Bonnie doesn't beat you to it. And she's already prophesying. Are you going to interrupt her or start, or start yelling over her voice and quiet her voice so you can be heard because you think you're in the Holy Spirit? No. That's not how God works, is it? No. What God would want you to do is be a lady or a gentleman. Let the sister finish. All right? Then you know she's finished. Hold on a minute. Is there an interpreter coming behind Bonnie? No, not one. Okay. I don't see nobody else getting up. All right, Lord, is this my moment? And then you'll get that, you'll get that go in your spirit. You'll get that go check. All right, let me go ahead and give my tongue here. Okay? But that's called, that's called being polite. It's called being a lady or gentleman, a good brother and sister in Christ. It's also called flowing in the spirit. Now go back to that verse 32 where it says, the spirit of the prophet is up to the prophet. I used to pastor another church where I came here. And we had this particular gentleman. And he spoke in tongues. And, uh, never interpreted his own tongues. Just by the way, you can do that too. You can interpret your own tongues. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's okay. It's okay if somebody else interprets your tongues too. But it's okay if you interpret your own tongues that, you, that God gave you. But this guy, he ever interpreted these tongues, and, and uh, a lot of times when you speak in tongues, nobody interpreted it. I noticed something, though. Every time we had a new visitor, I mean every time we had a new visitor. I don't mean just sometimes. I mean every time. Matter of fact, when Angel and I was the visitor of the church, he did the same thing to us. We just a little bit more spiritually mature and just brushed it off and didn't worry about it and didn't let it upset us and, 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 and said, well, I'm not going back to that church. We, no, we're just going to love the brother and keep going to church. But not everybody who comes to church is always sanctified. Some of them are just seeking God. Some of them just lost of the a duck out in the water just trying to find some peace. And they come. Every time. He would wait till after church was over with he would wait until the last prayer was said and the last amen was given and church is going to be dismissed. And then he would go to that visitor, throw his hands up in the air, start shaking his arms, and start speaking in tongues really loud. Right in front of him. Follow him out of the church. They're trying to get in their car to go home. He's following them, speaking in tongues and shaking his hands. I mean every time. 
Every time he had a visitor. I called him down. I called him down. Now, I don't like to I don't like to correct people in front of people. You know what I'm saying? I like to do it in private. I don't want to you gotta do it in private. And I realize that this brother meant well, and he did. He had a good heart, he good soul. But he had some bad theology. <laughs> he had some care some people on about Yeah. And so I went to him with the scripture. The spirit of the prophet said it to the prophet. And I told him, I said, brother, you're scaring people. And I said, the Holy Ghost don't scare people. I said, you're confusing people. The Holy Spirit don't confuse people. I said, the spirit of prophet said it to the prophet. And he said, well, when the Holy Ghost moved on me, I said, I obey the Holy Ghost. And I said, brother, you're not edifying the church doing that. As a matter of fact, the people you're doing it to, they're not coming back to church. They're running off the visitors doing that. And I never could get him to understand. He left me. He went on to another church and probably kept on doing the same thing. I never could get him to understand the error of what he was doing. But the Holy Spirit don't produce. He doesn't operate in fear. He doesn't operate in confusion. He doesn't operate uh, in disrespect. Amen. He doesn't know what he should have done. He should have humbled himself under the pastor and said, well, uh, let me... Let's pray about this. Show me in the scriptures where, where you're talking about. You know, let's let's seek the Lord on this. Instead of getting all mad and puffed up and and um, no longer acting in the spirit, now he's acting in the flesh. You know, that kind of thing. So the spirit of the Lord is always the prophet, spirit of prophets always such a what that means is the Holy Spirit is not going to possess your body, and he's not going to make you say things out of, out of his will. Uh, like that, what he's going to do is he's going to prompt you. Okay? He's going to prompt you. Now, I think we should be very careful, cautious even, when we get up and give a message in time in the church. I can remember years ago, um, I, was stationed, I was stationed in Wilflick in Germany. Wilflick is what we called it because it was Bill W, but the Germans said Bill. That's how they pronounce it. <laughs> and uh, sitting in church one day, and the Lord moved on me. He said, I want you to get up. That's what the Lord told me. I want you to stand up. And I want you to start singing Amazing Grace. I said, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not standing up in this church. That can't, Lord, that can't be you. <laughs> You're having, Lord, that can't be you moments. You're having one of those. Lord, that can't be you. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can't be you. And the Lord hit me again. That, that unction. We call it an unction. In spirit, a check. I can hear that voice. I can hear a voice inside me. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Get up and sing amazing grace. Now, here's I love to sing amazing grace. It's not that I don't like the song. I love to sing amazing grace. I actually think I can sing it pretty well, too. But, oh, we in a little church. I'm not the pastor. <laughs> Hey, we've got all these people. I said, oh, no, 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 no. This can't be you, Lord. Two minutes later, two rows behind me, sister jumps up, starts singing Amazing Grace. Let me tell you what happened. The power of God fell in that church that day. When she started singing Amazing Grace, the power of God fell in that church that she obeyed God and I disobeyed God. He said, well, if you ain't going to do it, she will. And he just went on to her. Yeah, now, 
what happened there? The Holy Ghost began to bless the church. The Holy Spirit came down. I mean, we had meetings. Whoa, we had church. I sat in my seat. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I missed it. I'm so sorry. But I was young, and the Lord, what the Lord was actually doing is he was actually teaching me. He knew I was going to say no, because God knows everything, right? He knew I was going to, but it was a teaching moment. He was letting me know, hey, that really was me, by the way, and I'm showing you. He's looking at all these people. <laughs> Look at all these people in the church all around you getting blessed. That was really me. I'm just showing you that was really me. So the next time God hit me, I knew it was his voice. He was teaching me his voice of what he was doing. Give me that assurance, hey, this really is me. Um, so the spirit, of the, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So that means that you can control yourself. Amen. Some people say, well, I can't control myself. No. No. You can control yourself. Yes. You can control yourself. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to grab you up out of your seat with his hands and put you on your feet and punch you in the stomach and say, you better speak what I tell you to speak. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. He's a gentleman. He is going to prompt you. Amen. You'll feel, feel that check. But he's also at the same time trying to be respectful. The sister Bonnie getting done talking in tongues. And you and Sister Elaine might be in church. Brother Dwayne might have it. And if somebody jumps up before you get to, Brother Wayne might jump up and start speaking in tongues. Sister Sherry might jump up and interpret. And you're like, well, Lord, you, I've been waiting 10 minutes. When are you going to get back around to me? Just be patient. And the Lord will bring it back around to you. Okay? And that's what I'm saying is we got to be, be very careful. Be very careful. Um, and so we need to have be, be respectful. Sometimes out of zeal, out of zeal, we can miss it. We can miss it. Out of zeal. Amen. It's not that we've got bad intentions. It's just out of zeal. Now, I'm sure all of us have seen and maybe been there. When we were younger, first gave our heart to the Lord. Well, we were full of zeal, didn't we? You know what's dangerous? There's nothing more dangerous than a Christian full of zeal with no sins. That's right. <laughs> no sins. You gotta have a little sins. That's where the Holy Spirit will come in. Amen. Anybody else got a question or something you want to bring out? Go ahead, right? Uh, let's say we have uh, one give out in tongues or one uh, speaking in tongues to get through, and another comes behind and you got two and possibly three. Mm -hmm. Does that mean only one interpretation or could there be two? I believe you can have two. I believe you can have two. You got different ones given given spirit and I think you can have more than just one interpreter as well. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit interpretations will not contradict one another because that would be confusing the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. There's only one Holy Spirit. He's not going to contradict himself. But I believe it would be complimentary. Complimentary on it. Okay? Now here's another thing too, is the Holy Spirit uses your vocabulary in interpretation. Uses your personality and how to bring it out. Okay? Okay? And uses your knowledge in the Word of God. Yeah. As well. Now what the Holy Spirit has to do is He has to search our mind because all of us have different levels of vocabulary. Amen? Amen. So the Holy Spirit will search your mind and see if you've got a right word programmed up there already that he can use. Okay? That he can use. I'll now give you an example of this. One, um, Kenneth Hagin talked about this in one of the books he wrote. He said that 
He said there was a man that got up in the church one day and and uh, and he gave he gave out a message in tongues and another man interpreted. And in the interpretation, the man says, uh, he says, I, I know you've been afraid. Sometimes I'm afraid too. And then he went on with other words. Now, does God ever be afraid? That's unscriptural, man. That's unscriptural. But yet the man gave an interpretation and went on and actually had a very good word, a very good message for the church. But that one thing, that one phrase, sometimes I'm afraid too. No, God's never afraid. Amen. And so what happened there? Well, God's trying to use that man's knowledge the best he could in his own vocabulary. Trying to see when God gives you a message, it's like you're seeing a painting. And then you're trying to describe that painting with the vocabulary that you have inside of you. Amen? Vocabulary that you have inside of you. And that's what was happening. So his his theology and what he said was wrong, but the rest of the message was right on target. And ministered to people. Alright? Um, anybody else got a, got a question? Did that make him wrong? It didn't make him wrong with the rest of it, but his theology was definitely wrong in that one statement because God never used to pray. Should that throw it off to the uh, people? It could, it could, but uh, you know, I think. I'm asking just. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, let's just say Sister Elaine did that. All of us know Sister Elaine well enough to know that where her heart's at, we're not going to cast a tomato at her, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, have you ever been in a service that you felt that the minister. Manipulating his own thing, trying to use the spirit because he knew people, and you know he was using that tactic mm -hmm. to try to force those people to come yeah. Lord and, and just. You know, I mean, his, his knowledge of of what's going on in their lives. Um, I, mean, I, I can't say I've ever. I mean, I've seen that, but I don't doubt it. It just put a very bad feeling. Yeah. It, it just looks like a kiss cheap psychology, maybe, mm. is the word I would use. I, I've, never ex I've never been in the service and actually experienced that, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. Something like that couldn't take place. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it all. Matter of fact, uh, let's say Michael Bue, for example. Okay, at the last tent revival, um, Michael B was with us, and there was a lady from uh, Atlanta that came to their tent revival, and Michael already knew her. He already prayed with her two days prior to that, you know, on Sunday, and I think he was with us, uh, you know, two days after that in the tent revival. Well, she came up for prayer, you know, and. And Michael's gift is, you know, speaking into your life and prophesying, that kind of thing. When she came up for prayer, if y'all remember, Michael, Michael had to be the microphone. He says, I'm not going to pray for her. He already prayed for her a couple days ago. And he says, I've already, well, the Lord's already spoke to me, to her. Anything I say at this moment, you see what I'm saying? He was talking about revealed knowledge he already has. So he had to be the microphone. When the Spirit of the Lord moved on me and I prophesied to her, and when I got done prophesying to her, Michael looked at her and he said, I can assure you, he knows nothing about our conversation. And after service was over with, she came to me and said it was, it was dead on. 
It was some of the same things that Michael had told her a few days ago. Confirmation. It was confirmation. Confirmation. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> you can take them in the back if you want to. Um, anyways, so anybody else got, got anything? Got anything? All right. Well, you're, you're being inside of you. You're being inside, inside of, of me. You're being inside of you. Right. right. But I mean, if you start speaking in tongues, all of a sudden I've got to pray and let the Lord speak through me. Yeah, you've got to pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to you got to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. Right. You stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. Right. And when you stay in tune with the Holy Spirit, it'll be there for you. That's right. There you go. Absolutely. I'm in 100% agreement with that. Amen. That's Amen. what I feel about it. I mean, I can't just start speaking in tongues because I've got to pray and let the Lord use me. I think I think everybody's in that. I think everybody's in that in that category. I think you gotta you gotta get up in the morning. You know, <coughs> Benny Hinn, I think it was, wrote a book that said when you get up in the morning, say good morning, Holy Spirit. You ever read that? You heard that? You gotta get up in the morning and start talking to the Lord. Amen. Good morning, Holy Spirit. You got to, you got to approach it. Don't wait till the evening and say, like, good evening, Holy Spirit. You ain't talk to him all day. You see? But if you talk to the Lord first thing in the morning and you're constantly talking to the Lord all day long, then you're constantly with him all day long. His presence is known, known with you there. He's with you everywhere you go. All right. Now, a lot of times when I'm, I'll give it to you. A lot of times when I'm, when a message comes out in tongues, if you'll notice me, I'll pause. I'll wait. You know what I'm waiting on? Say it again. Waiting on someone to get the interpretation. It don't always have to be the pastor, does it? No, it mm -mm. Exactly. That's exactly. That's what I'm doing. When I pause, that's what I'm doing. And I'm waiting. And I say, Lord, if they don't have it, then, mm -hmm. then give it to me. But I'll wait to see somebody else because it don't have to be the pastor. Matter of fact, it should not. Amen. It should not always be the pastor. It should not always be the pastor that gives a message in tongues and turn around and interpret the same message he just gave. It should not. Does that happen? Oh yeah, I, I do it all the time. Does, should it happen all the time? No. No. But if, if nobody in the service is listening to the Lord or not asking for it or never received the gift of it, then I'll, I'll pause, I'll wait. If some, nobody, nobody seems to have it, it's okay, Lord, what is it? And then he'll give it to me and I'll go ahead and give it out. But that's what I'm doing when y'all see me pause. What you got, brother? I, I was just going to share something in reference to the Holy Spirit. I have noticed um, that if all of a sudden I talk to somebody and I'm, I'm able to share with them the Lord, and we begin to talk about whichever, whatever's taking place, or just uh, fellowship, and, and it's real heavy, and the Holy Spirit gets heavy. When I leave, all of a sudden, the whole, he'll start speaking in tongues, I mean, glorifying what was just done, glorifying, uh, glorifying my spirit in him, um, and it's an enjoyment. As you get done to see, wow, thank you for what you're doing in him. Thank you mm -hmm. for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for blessing. Yeah. Uh, just, just sharing, that's all. Amen. That it's a blessing when you obey 
of the Spirit in you. I mean, Amen. It just brings a smile. Okay. Amen. Amen. Yes. Um, this may be one of those that I don't know if people want to hit on it or not. But okay. The next scripture that is number 34. The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are subject to themselves, just as the law also says. I have family that, men and friends that know, you know, I've been Baptist in church and helping and supporting, and they. I guess are afraid or they want to caution me that I shouldn't, you know. I mean, there's one that an uncle, he would not bear even sit under a woman being the Sunday school teacher. Mm. Yeah. And so that's something that I guess I have to battle with him all the time because, you know, I know what God does in me and I know right. things and at times how God wants to use me. So that's a constant thing. So maybe that's something that. Some people understand and some people don't. Should women talk in church? That's, that's that the question? That's basically, that's basically the question. All right. I'm going to see if anybody else wants to answer that first. Anybody else got an answer out there for it? Sons and daughters will prophesy. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Here's your scripture. Well, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm constantly battling it with people, you know. Yeah. Tell them. I just want to make a comment on that for us so we also but what if there is nobody else? Somebody got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. So what, mm -hmm. what, and what if somebody else don't have the spiritual ability to do it, whatever it might be? Uh, does God's word come back void? I've heard women preachers that say that they knew God called them to do it, but the only reason God called them to do it is because a man wouldn't do it. <laughs> I've heard women preachers say that. That's what God told them, okay. Well, just like mm -hmm. you said, God told you to sing Amazing Grace. You wouldn't do it. So God did. Yeah. You used the woman. Yes, he did. He did. Sometimes I believe in her situation, which you got just my, me talk, my mm -hmm. opinion, I believe that you have to just pray for them, let it go. Don't battle it. It don't belong well, to you. I tell yeah. myself, it don't belong to you. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. What you got to do is you got to look. See, we're looking at this scripture through Western eyes. Okay? You gotta look at this through Israel's eyes. Okay? Now you gotta think about it. Who was educated back in Israel during the biblical times? I mean, did the women were they ever allowed to go to school? No. Did they learn the Torah? No. Only what the men taught them at home. Well again, what was Paul doing in the Corinthian church? He's trying to bring order. The women were asking a lot of questions. You have to realize the Pentecostal movement was a new movement. A new movement was taking place. There's a lot of questions being answered. There's a lot of confusion. This is what Paul wrote first and second Corinthians. If you read the whole thing, it's nothing but correction mm -hmm. on the end of church. Amen. And so what Paul was simply trying to do is preserve, preserve the service. Not that he was against women. Because if you go on and read other Paul's writings, he actually tells you at different times to give heed, and then he names the women preachers. He tells you to salute, and then he names the women preachers. And he talks about what Bonnie said, your sons and daughters prophesy. And he talks about prophecies. He does. Amen. So you got to look at everything, not just one or two scriptures and take it out of content. You got to look at the whole thing. And that's what sometimes some of those men and some women will say, well, no, you shouldn't say anything. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I said, well, you know, they're not going to 
Yeah. Now, my, my grandmother on my mother's side would never even testify in church because of that. Played a piano, but would not play a piano in church or sing because of that. That scripture. Because that's how she was brought up. She didn't know any better. Now, my grandmother on my, on my daddy's side, well, she was an Assembly of God preacher. <laughs> so, and she told me stories about how men would get up and walk out of the church when it came her turn to preach. So, again, you got to go back to everything. you got to look at everything. Um, but I'm glad you asked that question, though. Anybody else got a question tonight on the Holy Spirit? If not, let's go back to the book of Romans, chapter 8, and look at verse 1. Verse 1. I was thinking about your question, Dwayne, what you, what you brought out. I've never experienced it, but I heard about it. In the past, years and years ago in the past, um, they weren't really preachers. They were more what I would call shenanigans and fortune tellers. And they would tell people, Lord told me, for example, I'll just do this for example. The Lord says there's somebody in here in your left pocket is a $100 bill, and God's telling you to bring the $100 bill to me right now. And believe it or not, some people would give in to that and go give it $100 bill. Um, or he'd look and say, Lord spoke and said, you're supposed to go buy me that Cadillac. That's parked down there down the road. Make sure you got the keys tonight. Huh? That's stuff like that's happened. <laughs> stuff like, am I right? Stuff like that has happened. I've never been in those kind of services, but, I, but I've heard about them. I'm just sitting there thinking about what Dwayne was bringing out a while ago. two God tells them he's going to tell me. Now, now, now you're saying, now this is my personal experience. Well, my personal experience is, I would say 90% of the time, when God tells you to tell me something, God's already told me, and you're just bringing confirmation. Amen. Now, if I'm just disobedient, and I'm not doing it, and then God sends you to tell me, that God said we do this, then that God corrected me because I already, again, it's confirmation, but God's corrected me. I know I should have already done it. You see what I'm saying? There's only been a few times in my life when Michael Bean was the one who said something to me and I and I did not know. And matter of fact, I told him, I was like, he's crazy, he ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. But he told me, he says, when you move back to Georgia, give me a call. I ain't moving back to Georgia. I'm at the beach every Sunday night. No. I love Florida. We, this is, we're great. And we have no thoughts. Michael, you has missed this one. That's what I said. Well, when I started driving that U-Haul back to Georgia, I called up Michael Bue. You done it again. I'm moving back to Georgia. So, yes, ma'am. Holy Ghost don't need no help. No, no, And that's um, that's manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's manipulation. 
Yeah. That's that's manipulation. I never, I make a point not to tell any coming visitors, preachers that are visited, I make a point not to tell them nothing. A lot of times I let them minister on them and I pull away. Y'all probably know seen me do that a few times. I just move back. Just let them, let them, well, whatever they say. And I can hear it. And when they'll say something, uh huh. We had that conversation two months ago. <laughs> I know, and I know he's on target because I know that person's life. So a pastor can be too close to you. Yeah. Now, God can speak to the pastor to give you a word, but because the pastor's too close to you, you don't receive it. Yeah. But with somebody else you don't know, come and tell you exactly the same thing. Exactly. Matter of fact, Michael will tell you he don't want he won't talk to me. He won't listen to any of my sermons when he comes. He'll go six months. We won't talk at all. He said, "I won't listen to any sermons." He said, "I don't want to know nothing." I can appreciate that about the guy. That way, when he comes, it's all fresh. It's all fresh, and that's what I, I love about him. Um, but yeah, that's that's straight out manipulation right there, and that's not of God. Matter of fact, it's witchcraft. Manipulation is witchcraft. What Dwayne described as witchcraft. Manipulation is witchcraft. The Holy Ghost don't need anybody's help. He does not need any, anybody's help. Let's read Romans chapter 8. Uh, look, look, we're about to run out of time. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent His only Son in likeness of a sinful flesh, for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded... Is death. In other words, to be fleshly minded, is what the word carnally minded means, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We'll go back to saying, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's spend all day talking to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Verse 7 Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. In verse 8 So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. For you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen. So he is none of his. That's verse 9. We're going to stop there at verse 9. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. This is why you need to make sure you got your spiritual mind going. You're walking in the Spirit. Because if you're not walking in the Spirit, there's only one other place to walk as flesh. That's Amen. Amen. It's so important that we do not spend our day without talking to the Lord. It is so important we get up and, hey, good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for another day. You know, what can I do for you today? What do you want to talk to me about today? Where's my Bible? Let me get my scripture. Get our mind right. Amen? The Holy Spirit is not a switch you can turn on and off. But I say that, I'll tell you this. He's always on. He's always on. We're not always on, but He's always on. Amen? The Holy Spirit is never the problem. We're always the problem. Because we wake up in this fleshly body, and we go through our our deals. Amen. Amen. And, and And that's the thing. 
is you got to you got to be very careful.